much. Welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through. But I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just want to, oh, here we go. Okay, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise. I love you, brother. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. <laughs> What did you do? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast, one of our alternative Oscars episode where we've been uh, looking back at uh, certain Academy Award events and sort of talking about how we would do things differently and, you know, give give the right films the right awards and, you know, change history and all that sort of stuff. I'm Anders Holmes, and... Uh, joined over zoom is my older brother adam hello yeah i mean some might say that if you were able to go back in time and change the past that maybe you should go back and do something about you know inequality and war and famine and disease but no we've decided to go back and change the recipients of oscars from the past that nobody cares about anymore uh, that's what we do with our time machine exactly um, so uh what are you drinking by the way uh i'm drinking a sort of two ball squash the sort of danish fanta version i love danish fanta that isn't fanta you know fanta's by the, the fanta was invented by the nazis i did not know that <laughs> yeah no it was invented by the nazis because they wanted a nazi version of like a, because they couldn't get coca-cola so they were like <laughs> he wants the nazi version of coke <laughs> Yeah, we have to have the Nazi version. So it's good that you're drinking the Danish version of the Nazi version of Coca-Cola. This is not by for the Nazis, but yeah, I love that stuff. I saw not it in your glass. Nazi. Yeah, I looked at I looked at uh, I looked at your glass. I was like, oh, I want that. But I'm having I'm having some tea. If anyone cares, mm. tea. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what what kind of what kind of tea? Anders, this has gone on too long. Um, <laughs> oh great. Um, it. Um, it's um, time for us to go back in time to the eighties. The eighties? Yeah, we're going to we're going back to the eighties. So if you listen back to, to which year? Nineteen eighty-six. So it's celebrating. Is, oh, you're supposed to say back to nineteen eighty-five. Oh, back to nineteen eighty-six. Well, all the films that were celebrating nineteen, the films in nineteen eighty-five. Great, Scott. Uh, coincidentally okay. enough, uh, Back to the Future was released in nineteen eighty-five, and that was the hence the joke. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the big book of Oscar events that I have doesn't quite go up to this event, so I don't have any sort of detailed... No, no, uh, no. What was it you called it last time? An R-rated carnival of nudity and mad shit? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that was one of the events of the last Oscars that we looked at. Um, so, yeah, this was held at the uh, held March 24th, 1986. We have to, we have to trust Wikipedia. <laughs> trust Wikipedia and the trivia section on the IMDb page. On the, sorry, on the IMDb so, page. That's two highly suspect sources, but yes. All yeah. right, carry on. So, it was held at the uh, Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, California, and the hosts were Alan Alder, Jane Fonda, and Robin Williams. It was produced by... Well, hang on a minute. This is another one of these crazy co-host combinations. I mean, I I must say, that's a a hell of a trio right there. Yeah, and it was produced by uh, Stanley Donnan. Weird. Okay. So, Stanley Donnan, director of Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And Sherrod and other movies, Funny Face, um, hmm, produces this thing. Okay, interesting. It yeah. would, sounds fun. Yes. So I think the, the reviews were positive and negative. Uh, Terrence O'Flaherty of the San Francisco Chronicle, he said, Last night's sustained release Oscar pill moved faster that, through the system than most, but from a standpoint of taste, it was the worst in years. Wow. O'Flaherty did not like it. 
Yeah, I don't think he liked it. Regarding Alda, Fonda, and Williams' hosting performances, he commented, together they, together they immediately placed a fatal suggestion in the viewer's mind that there must be a shortage of elegant people in the movie business today. Ouch! From the poison pen of, what was his name? Terry O'Flannery? Terence O'Flaherty. Terence O'Flaherty. Ha ha! very elegant. Uh, Gene Siskel, he was talking about uh, Williams's jokes that opened up the ceremony. The show reg regrettably returned to its old bad habits with a boring onstage production number intended to be a tribute to old movies. Oh God, that does sound excruciating. Yeah. Gene Siskel would not have cared for that. Yeah. The record's Joel Pizetz Pizetzner, P-I-S-E-T-Z-N-E-R, remarked, the program P -I might... Pist Pistner? Pistner. Pits Pismo. Pitsna. <laughs> uh, he, he said, uh, the program might as well have begun with the announcement, dead from LA, it's Academy Night. Wait a minute. So you said that there were good and bad reviews. Those all sound like really bad reviews. I'm getting through like, the bad. Did I'm anyone just, write a good review? I'm just... Uh, no. Uh, it said, uh, John J. O'Connor of the New York Times, he quipped, suddenly it seemed somebody had listened to the complaints that had grown dead... Deading, deadenly familiar over the years. Mr. Williams's improvisational on the precipice style of humor brought the event's comic tone triumph thumpingly into the 1980s. I mean, to be honest, the New York Times is like pretty tone deaf. Let's be honest. They don't know yeah. what they're talking about. I'm, I'm inclined to trust Siskel. Yeah. Uh, Ann Hodges of the uh, Houston Chronicle said, Oscar 1986 goes into the record books as a very good year. The year the Academy parked the pompous and let the showbiz show. Oh, that sounds that sounds like she was paid to write that. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not having that. It sounds like a terrible Oscars night. All right, so so who are the big winners then? It's um it, well, okay. Well, let's maybe we should start with the smaller categories and then we'll kind of work our way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll start with um, okay. We'll start with best cinematography. Okay, so best cinematography went to Out of Africa, and the cinematographer was David Watkin. Okay, so. So here we go. Out of Africa is the big film at the Oscars this year, right? Yes. That's pretty much. Um, and it won a lot. Um, I do not believe it is the film with the best cinematography um, because there is another film um, that came out there th this year that's one of my favorite films of all time. Um, but before we yes, but before we go to that, before we give it the Oscar, uh, what what are some of the other nominees? Uh, the other nominees, The Color Purple. I haven't actually seen that, have you? I have seen it. It's actually quite good. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Color Purple, right? Yeah. Uh, Murphy's Romance. It's a film with Sally Field. It's a Martin Ritt film. Okay. I've never James heard of Garner's that. in it. Uh, the other nomination Ryan. was Ran. Ran should have won! And uh, Witness. Oh, Witness is good too, but Ran should have won to Best Cinematography yeah. because it's the most beautiful film. Yeah, it was. It's a fantastic I film. Beautiful comfortably. Film. How on earth could you put that side by side? I mean, yes, the cinematography in in Out of Africa is supposed to be when well, it is, you know, very nice, and a lot yeah. of people would say breathtaking. But despite its breathtaking cinematography, it is just like, you know, it's just Hollywood schmaltz. Whereas Ran is, a, there's no film in the world that looks like Ran. Yeah, it was. It was like Kurosawa's swan song. Yeah, Kurosawa's Technicolor Triumph, or not Technicolor, but color. You know, it was. It's. It's incredible to think that he made, you know, the Seven Samurai nearly thirty years earlier, and that he's yeah. still making like world class entertainment, like you know, historical dramas. Yeah, when he's losing his, you know, when he's basically a really old man. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, I so, mean, like you said in the episode, the film, our recommendation episode of it, you did say that he was going blind at the time, so they had to use all his like sketches and his storyboards. storyboards. Yeah, oh, it's just an incredible triumph. Yeah, no, ran. Yeah. Uh, Ran should have won Best Cinematography. It did win Best Costume Design, didn't it? Yeah, it did win that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so um, I'm just going to, like, sound uh, best... Wait, so, so we're giving it to Ran, right? Yeah, we're going to give it to Ran, okay. yeah. Uh, that's, so, one, that's one Oscar we have stripped from out of Africa. Yeah, so there was Best Sound Effects Editing and Best Sound. Uh, best Sound went to Out of Africa and Best Sound Effects Editing went to Back to the Future. I would have given both of those sound awards to Back to the Future. Agreed. Move on. Uh, best original song went to White Knights, Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. Bloody hell, was that written for that film? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. 
The other nominations were uh, Miss uh, C- uh, Celia's Blues from The Color Purple, The Power of Love from Back to the Future, Come Separate, on. Separate Lives, which was also from White Knights, and Surprise, Surprise from A Chorus Line. Oh, I thought you were going to say Surprise, Surprise. Um, no, some the song is called that was Surprise, Surprise. Sorry. What about, what about A View to a Kill by Duran Duran? Mm. Was, that a, was that a 1985 film? Yeah, I think so. Um, was it? Let me, think. let me just see. Yeah, yeah. View to a Kill came out in 1985. It says it right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, also, did no? I think Simple Minds had already released. Don't you forget about me when it was used in the Breakfast Club. Well, Breakfast Club was a 1985 film. Yes, I know that. But that's what. I'm, that's why I'm saying. Oh, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. What about Saint Elmo's Fire by um, John Parr, whatever his name John is. Parr. Surely that was written for the film. It's called Saint Elmo's Fire. Me, I think so. Yeah. It's so eighties. Yeah. Well, can we do that or that or the power? Of, say you say say you say me sucks. That it should be it should be saying almost fire of the power of love. It's got to, it's the power of love. Come on. Well, power of love. Just anytime when that song kicks in, you're just like yeah. We're gonna... The heavy synth, the, the the drums, and the, uh, just too goddamn loud. Um. <laughs> No, darn loud. Doesn't he say darn loud? Yeah, too, too darn loud. loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That, it's, it's Power of Love. Yeah. Or any of the songs by Wang Chung from the To Live, to Live and Die in L.A. No. Yeah. I wonder why in L.A. To live and die in L.A. Oh, God, this is like your decade. This is like, right, this is like Pete <laughs> Anders of music and movies. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yet, uh, we have to move on. Uh, so, what else? Yeah, so best original score went to John Barry for Out of Africa. Now, that's fair, because that is a good score. Yeah. What were the other nominees? Uh, other nominees were Agnes of God, George uh, Delarue, uh, The Color Purple to Quincy Jones, and a bunch of other people I'm not going to read out because it's too many. Uh, Silverado to Bruce Broughton. And, oh, I do uh, like the score for Silverado. Yeah, and uh, Witness for Maurice Jarre. I don't remember what the music of Witness sounds like. Not really. No, I don't remember the music that much. I remember when, you, when I think about Africa, just the the the, the John Barry music just plays in my head. Yeah. I feel like it's fair to give it to John Barry. I'm, I can have a look at the list of other films that came out. In yeah, 1985. My phone would work. It's not. Um, right. Um, it's. You know what? Can I just say something? 1985 is not a great year. No, I was looking through the on Letterboxd. It wasn't a great year for movies. Not a lot of really good films that I've seen came no. out in 1985. I'm just going to tell you that for free. Um, okay, I'm happy to leave... Wait, what fucking category are you on? Oh, the, the score. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, John yeah the score. Let's just leave it with John Barry. Yeah. Uh, so just on Best Foreign Language Film, it went to a film called The Official Story for Argentina. I would, it, it wasn't nominated, but I would have thrown in the film uh, My Life as a Dog, which is a, a Lasse a Hellstrom film from Sweden. Mm. But except this is a bullshit category. So yeah, they should, have given it, they should have given it to Ran, you know. Yeah. But they should have given Ran Best Picture. Well, oops, spoiler alert. But yeah. Well, um, Ran wasn't even nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. Oh, fucking bullshit. Um, I don't understand. Right. This is bullshit category. I don't even want to engage with it. Move on. Okay. So, Best Screenplay, or Best, I'm just going to say Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, that went to Out of Africa. From the Karen Blixen book of the same yes. name. Um, yeah. It's based on the mem- her memoir and, of, and also like of, out of Africa. It's just, it's all based on like her memoirs and stuff. But that's an adapted screenplay. Yeah. Um, what other nominations were there? Uh, the Color Purple, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, hmm. uh, Pritzi's Honor, and The Trip to Bountiful. Have you seen any of those? Uh, only The Color Purple and Pritzi's Honor. And? I probably would have given it to, to The Color Purple. It's That's a I think that was the bet. That was the better film, right? Well, then let's do that. I haven't seen any of them, so apart from Out of Africa, but I know Out of Africa. I instinctively know Out of Africa doesn't deserve best screenplay, um, um, so give it to The Color Purple. 
Yeah. So uh, best original screenplay is a little bit of Sophie's choice because I do feel like because it went to Sophie's Witch, choice, which did not come out this year. It, it the the best original screenplay Oscar went to Witness. Oh well, I well, did it. Yeah, a Witness won best original screenplay. Brilliant. I like that. Yeah. So the other nominations were The Purple Rose of Cairo because this was in the period oh. where every Woody Allen screenplay got a nomination. Yeah, that's a good film. Uh, the official story. Which is a Argentinian the, film. The Argentinian one you mentioned, yeah. Uh, Brazil to Terry Gilliam, Tom Stoppard, and Charles McEwen film. Oh, I haven't seen that. Have you seen that? Brazil is wonderful. It's one of Terry Gilliam's best films. It was also a film that he really fought with the studio on because they they didn't want him to have such a downer of an ending. Oh well, I haven't seen it, so don't. Um, yeah, don't say but, anymore, but... but they just they he just he just had it because I felt I mean Terry Gilliam is one of those directors who he he it has to be his way otherwise what's the point kind of thing. Yeah, and then the other nomination was to Back to the Future, which I feel like I think Back to the Future and Witness they're both regarded. I might be wrong, but they're both regarded as perfect screenplays that people teach in film schools. Like this is how to do it. I think you're right. I mean, I think there's no like Back to the Future is gloriously perfect as a as a you've now drink you've moved on from your weird orange drink to wine <laughs> just i have two to choose from you're drinking a what a weird combination of things to be drinking <laughs> it's okay you're having a flight of orange drink and white wine um so so back it, to the future you were saying well yeah back to the future is really bloody well written i mean and it and it's not just well written and that the lines are already memorable but it's also yeah. just the story structure is so is so good um i think in many ways it's like my head says witness but my heart says back to the future i mean and also now increasingly my head is saying back to the future which is because because it is such a just a well done piece of movie making it's just one of those screenplays where everything just really connects to one another like everything there's payoff after payoff after payoff like it's just it just it works so well and also, like, reading up about it, like, that film got rejected by everybody. Like, they just wanted to make so many changes to it. And Zemeckis and Bob Gale were like, no, this is the film that we want to make, and this is what we want to do. Yeah. Well, it, like, they didn't even want to call it Back to the Future. They wanted to call it something else. Well, so they did make some changes. Oh, no, yeah. the, the studios wanted to the, make call The it studio else. wanted them to change the title, and they were like, no. Mm. All right. Well, I mean, it feels, it feels very... It feels like sacrilege to strip Witness, which is one of our favorite films of its Oscar, but to give it to another one of our favorite films, it may be so. What do you say? Should we just do it? Yeah, just I'd keep it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I was saying, do we do we take it away and give it to Back to the Future? Yeah, let's do that. You you're you you're not very you're you're not very consistent. No, no, it's just I I oh I just I I, I misheard wrong and just I would let's you, give it to you, Back to the Future. Are, are just... you a man with no opinions? <laughs> I want to give it to Back to the Future because that film did deserve it. But I'm also at the same time I was like Witness is also a good film as well. But ah, uh... are you schizophrenic? <laughs> no. All right. Okay. Look, uh, d- let's give it to Back to the Future and move on. Fine. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, best supporting actress went to Angelica Houston for Pritzi's Honor. Huh. Which, which is a very seen. forgettable John Houston film. Yeah, I've I've not you seen, seen it. it for, no, I've not seen it for that reason. Um, it doesn't. I mean, it was his second to last film that he made, and it's it's it it's fun, but it really doesn't linger too well on the mind. It it's 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 fine for what it is, but I feel like it maybe got a I don't know a bit overrated in my opinion. Yeah, well, I don't know that it's overrated. I don't really think anyone really talks about. Um, no, I mean, I feel like the, the, with the amount of like Oscar buzz it got, I think like maybe they could have just given it to other people, but I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. Maybe I'll change my mind on, on it, but I've, I remember at the time I was like, this is okay. I would say Best Supporting Actress, um, you could do uh, <laughs> you could do Grace Jones and Abuse to a Kill, um, uh, or you could have um, Gosh, let's see. Uh, Isabella Rossellini uh, in uh, White Knights. She's quite good in that. Yeah, uh, my one would probably be um, Terry Gar or uh, Terry Gar or Rosanna Arquette from the Martin Scorsese film After Hours, which is brilliant. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've not seen that, so I'm happy with those. If you want to, yeah, wanna make an executive decision and give it to one of them. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Um, cool. 
Yeah, or Madeline. Cl- uh, sorry, Madeline Kahn from uh, Clue. Oh fucking hell, Anders! I've got the person who deserves it. Yeah. Jesus Christ! It's uh, it's Mieko um, Harada from Ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the evil one, Lady Kaidi, the bad woman. Yeah, she's amazing. She should yeah. have it. Yeah, she definitely should have had it. Okay, let's give it to her. Yeah. Oh, just Brilliant. sorry, just sidestep it, taking a step back a little bit to best original screenplay again. Oh Would God, you have maybe know. given The Breakfast Club an Oscar nomination? No. Fair enough. Um, carry on. Yeah. Um, the other nominations for Best Sporting Actress were Margaret Avery and Oprah Winfrey for The Color Purple. Um, Amy Madigan for Twice in a Lifetime and uh, Meg Tilly uh, for Agnes of God. Well, I think it should be, and I want to make sure I get her name right. Um, I think it should be your friend and mine, uh, Mieko Harada from Ran. Yes. Because if you've seen that film, you know how brilliant it is. I can't believe it took me that long to remember that. Uh, anyway, yeah. best supporting actor, what do you think? Uh, it went to Donna Mesh for Cocoon, the Ron Howard film, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard is quite good. Yeah. Any reason uh, why? Okay. What are the other nominees? Because I have, I have uh, some. The other nominees were Klaus Maria Brandau for Out of Africa. What a fucking why? <laughs> He's so boring in that film. <laughs> and as, can I tell you a secret? Klaus Maria Brandau isn't actually a very good actor. He's no, he's not. <laughs> like, come on. Um, the, the, the chemistry that he has with. Meryl Streep at the he's beginning of over that. the top. He's he's so. If you've seen the one he that sort of that was his big international break, um, Mephisto. He's so I saw over the a top. bit of that. I never. I, it was on the Criterion yeah. channel, but I never got a chance to finish it. So over the top, and he's the only other thing I've seen of it is Never Say Never Again, and then the the Disney version of White Fang. Oh yeah, he's in White Fang. Yeah, where again he chews the scenery, and it just yeah, he's like yeah. a sort of. What, what, what was he Swedish? Like no German. Um, he's a German. Oh, he's, he's Austrian. A German. He's, he's like Austrian. a German he's Leonardo Austrian. DiCaprio. Oh, he's, he's, he's like an Austrian Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, yeah. He should not be nominated. Who else was nominated? Uh, William Hickey for Pritzi's Honor. William Hickey. Why do I know that name? He had like a very like dis- he had like a very kind of distinctive voice. He was like <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah, he's in something that I've seen. Um, uh, he's in the Boston Strangler, Little Big Man. He's the historian in that film. Oh, yeah, and it, that means yes, he's in Little Big Man, and he's also in the producers. He's the drunk in the bar in the producers, the Mel yeah. Brooks movie. Yeah, and you, um, I, I recognize his name. Yeah, modern audiences may recognize him as the father who dies at the beginning of Mouse Hunt, that uh, film with Lee Evans and um, Nathan Lane. And as you say, modern audiences. That film came out in nineteen ninety eight. Fair enough. Okay, that that was nearly twenty five years ago, Anders. <laughs> okay, fine. Old audiences in the nineties were probably <laughs> modern audiences. Um, slightly fine. old modern audiences. Fine. Yeah, okay. Gen Xers and their kids. Um, no, yeah, not even so. No, um, us basically. Yeah. Um, so that was it. So those are the nominations. Yeah, no, yeah. There was uh, Robert Lozier for uh, Jagged Edge, which is uh, the Joe Esterhaz film writ- uh, written by Joe Esterhaz, and it's uh, directed by Mitch- Richard Marquand, who directed uh, Return of the Jedi. Right. So, and then there was, do... and then there was, and then there was Eric Roberts mm-hmm. for Runaway Train. Okay. Um, you could do a completely different list here. Yeah, you could. Uh, you could have you could have Gregory Hines for uh, White Knights. Yep. You could have, um, you could have Christopher maybe, Lloyd. Christopher, well, I was going to come to that. Uh, mm. You could have Danny Aiello in uh, in Rose um, Yeah, he's good. I also, I must say, I have a real soft spot for um, the guy who plays um, Kelly McGillis's dad in um, in Witness. His Jan Rubesh is he Czech? Yeah, he's Czech actor Jan Rubesh. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's wonderful. You will be careful among the English. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, those would be those would be some of the ones I put in there. You could go and you know, if you were being like, um, you know, if you wanted to really like recognize one of the great oh that guy actors of the eighties, you could give it to um, the guy who plays the teacher in the Breakfast Club. What's his name? Um, uh, 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 oh uh, Paul, yeah, Paul him. Paul 
Oh yeah, Paul Gleason. Or I don't know, Judd Nelson. Do you think he would get one? Judd Nelson? What for? He's the bad kid. Yeah, John uh, Bender from The Breakfast Club. Bender. No, he's not good enough. Um, but um, but why not give it to bloody Christopher Lloyd? That's yeah. what I don't, you've got like the ultimate. That's like the ultimate easy. Yeah. Choice. Exactly. Either that or Biff. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Think about it. Like, yeah. older character actor puts in a, a performance that basically carries the movie, but it isn't the lead. It's like mm. made for best supporting actor. Yeah. It was like, it was like when they gave uh, Alec Guinness an Oscar nomination for Star Wars. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, you know, um, you could have maybe given it to him. Um, yeah, you but, um, but look, I think it should be Christopher Lloyd. Yes. That sounds best really actress. good. Best actress was not Meryl Streep this time. Uh, it was Geraldine Page for the trip to Bountiful. Well, now. I don't know what that film is. Um, I do know who Geraldine Page is. She's, um, she's, she's good. Yeah, she, um, she received a two-minute standing ovation when she was presenting her award. She's also in White Knight, so she was in two films that came out this year, and she died in 1987, which means that yeah, she only had like... a year and a half to live at this point. Yeah. She's in one of our uh, childhood favorites, um, uh, Hondo, uh, with John Wayne. Oh, right. She's the, she's the mother in that film. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, uh, she was also oh, that's in... That's nice um... that she got, her, she nice she got her standing ovation. Yeah, I think she also plays the mother in Interiors. I, thought she was, I think she's really good in that film, the Woody Allen okay. film. Other nominations, please. So the other nominations for that year were Anne Bancroft for Agnes of God, which is a Norman Jewison film with Jane Fonda and Meg Tilly, who was also nominated. It's a neo-noir mystery film. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg for for The Color Purple. Right. Uh, Jessica Lange for Sweet Dreams, which is a film about Patsy Cline. Oh. And uh, Meryl Streep for Out of Africa. Right. I mean, Streep's good in Out of Africa. Let's not be, let's not be, no, yeah. Let, you know, let, let's, let's give her credit. Um, yeah. So I guess she could be, she could definitely deserve the nomination. What I want to know is why the fuck was Kelly McGillis not nominated? Yeah. She should have definitely been nominated for that movie. She's brilliant in Witness. She's, yeah. she's, she's astonishingly good in Witness. Um, the, just the chemistry with, with Harrison Ford, every, you know, the whole way she plays. That role, I mean, it's 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 um, it's it's a it's a terrific performance. Um, it's a really and, moving um, performance as well. It's a very lovely relationship and the way that it's portrayed on screen, and also just like you can you feel the heartbreak when they have to like part and leave and stuff, and you want them to stay together and stuff. It's just exactly it's very um, well I handled. Also, I also think that um, Mia Farrow is excellent in Purple Rose of Pyro. Oh yeah, she's fantastic in that film. So, I mean, you could say that, but I mean, for me, I can't really see past Kenny McGillis. The only other person, I mean, I know I'm a bit of a, I'm on a bit of a, a Japan kick today, but uh, mm. uh, Nuboku, uh, sorry, Nobuko Miyamoto from uh, Tampopo, who plays the titular character, uh, she's lovely, mm. um, very good. But I think it's got to be Kenny McGillis. Yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I was also even thinking like maybe just. Helena Bonham Carter in A Room with a View, the James Ivory, uh, Merchant Ivory film. Oh, right, yeah, which I've not seen. Um, Very good. Julian, so. Sa- Julian Sands is also really good in the film as well. And um, D- Daniel Day Lewis is great. And it's got Denham Elliott, Maggie Smith, like, all the great British actors. Oh, I need to, I really do need to see that. Yeah, well, I'm happy to go with that if you like. But I mean, I think I, mm. I'd still, I'd, I don't know. I like, give it to Kelly. Should we give it to Kelly? Yeah, give it to Kelly McGillis. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Best actor. So, best actor went to William Hurt for Kiss of the Spider Woman, which I still have not seen. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford for Witness for the other nominations. This is what I'm reading out now. So, yeah, Harrison Ford for Witness, uh, James mm-hmm. Garner for Murphy's Romance, uh, Jack Nicholson for Pritzi's Honor, and uh, John Voight for Runaway Train. What a very 80s list that is. Yeah. Who, who would you say are some of the other nominations? I would probably give it to Harrison Ford, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, what, I, okay, so you're just going to give it go straight. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, I would, I might give it to Harrison Ford, but also I feel like another actor who should have been nominated for that film 
should have been Michael J. Fox for Back he should to have the been Future. nominated for Witness. No, for Back to the Future. No. Um, I don't believe you're correct about that, but that's fine. Um, but I... maybe, but maybe Griffin Dunn for After Hours because he really he's like the the he's like in every scene of the movie, and it's like it's a it's an incredibly like madcap performance, and like the whole film is just crazy, and I think he just. He carries that movie so well. So I think he should have got a nomination as well. I mean, I would go back to Ran too and say um, uh, Tetsuya Nakadai, uh, who plays um, Lord Ichimonji. I mean, he's mm-hmm. astonishing. I mean, that's like that's like an iconic performance that really is, when you actually stack it up against the other people on screen that year, you can't really compare any of them. Yeah, the performances in Ran are just powerful, but also, and even in just like the, just, the scenes where like it's just focusing on people's faces and everything it's just but he's got to do so much more work in that film than everyone else because there's so many scenes that are just him on his own suffering just uh and his and the whole film is about his you know choices and his actions and it's this he is he's king lear i mean that's Mm. what it is it's all Uh, shakespearean it's wonderful yes but um that's why i think it should be him because Mm -hmm. i don't really think there's another what do you actually put him up and I know we've given we've already given Rand a lot, but like once you actually stack him up, it's like first of all, it, you know, this is the kind of film that great movies fail. Sorry, this is the kind of performance that great movies fail without. And yeah. um and it's also like Rand just is a towering achievement, in, especially when you compare it to the fact that the other films that came out this year are just a bit lightweight. Um yeah, this I one just, really like Ran just completely stands out. It's just it stands out from all films, like let yeah. alone the films of 1985. So I feel like it, unless you've got a really good argument why it shouldn't be him, I think we should give it to him. Yeah, let's give it to let's give it to him for Ran. Right. So that's uh, uh, Tatsuya Nakadai for Ran. So we're into the big, the last big two. So best director went to Sidney Pollock for Out of Africa. Right. Um... Now, I would have said Peter Weir and uh, Akira Kurosawa were more deserving. Yeah. Uh, and um, I would say Akira Kurosawa should have gotten it. Yes, I agree with that. And I think, did Zemeckis get nominated? No, he wasn't. He was only nominated for screenplay this year. Yeah, I would have, give, I would have chucked him a nomination as well. Yeah. And also Martin Scorsese for After Hours. But this is why the Academy is so stupid, because here you go, you've got one of the last great films of one of the greatest directors of all time he's old he's not going to live very long yeah kurosawa you've got a chance to give him an award for a film that he's made now not give him some honorary award not like you've you've had all these decades to recognize kurosawa although he made a lot of shit in the 60s yeah, yeah, yeah. but um like you've had all this time he's finally come back with a world-class film give it to him like why what were they thinking like how could you not give it to kurosawa yeah You've got one of the legend, like one someone who's going to go down in history. And no offense to Sidney Pollock, who's a fine director, but like, there's no, um, there's, there's Kurosawa is a an untouchable individual. In you know, he's he's one of these sort of Olympian uh, talents of of movie making, and they're yeah. just like, yeah, we'll give it, we'll give it to him some other year. It's like, yeah. well, when, <laughs> not now, when they gave him a lifetime achievement award a few years later. Exactly. Bullshit. They should have given it. For, it's like yeah. and that must be so annoying for for the people involved when they get those lifetime awards. And it's like, well, this is just it. Just feels like you're being like, oh yeah, we should have given you an award years ago, but we didn't. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, th- so, this year, this year they gave it to Paul Newman in recognition of his many and memorable, compelling screen performances and for his personal integrity and dedication to his craft. Right. Well, that's fine because at this point, Paul Newman had already won Oscars, had he not? Didn't he win it for Color of Money? Yeah, I think he won it the year before or a few years ago. Or no, he yeah, won it. So he, he, no, he won it. A few, I think Color of Money came a few years later, so he wouldn't. He won his Oscar. Oh, so he hasn't. Uh, okay. Yeah, he wouldn't well, win these it honorary until... Oscars. These honorary Oscars. It really is just like we're not going to give you an Oscar for anything else, mate. So here, have this one, mate. It's like it's like it's like we. It's like uh, I feel like you're about to die soon. So here, I have this lifetime achievement award, so we don't have to give you an actual Oscar later or something like that. Yeah, and and it's like it's both a recognition that they should have had one and um. And it's also a kind of like, here, shut up, here's your honorary Oscar that we're not giving you it for anything specific, yeah. but we're gonna we're sort of recognizing the fact that you're all right. And yet, yeah, as you say, you're probably either going to die soon or you're not going to make anything else worthwhile. But then Paul Newman yeah. proved it wrong, so that's good. Wasn't um, it like, wasn't it Peter O'Toole who got an honorary Oscar and he was like, I'd rather come back for the uh, for the other one, for the real one? 
Yeah, he said I'd rather win the little bastard outright or something or the little something. He called it. He had a very special name for it. Um, and um, sounds like a real Peter O'Toole thing to say. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he did the. I think he, that was that was the right thing to do. To be like, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep keep pushing for it. I mean, um, yeah. but. Um, but, I think, but, I think uh, this year, I think this year, Michael J. Fox is getting a lifetime achievement award. You see, that's fine because Michael J. Fox is never going to put in a performance that's worthy of like you know a best actor award. He's a great movie star. He's a wonderful presence in the screen. Like, yeah. but but he's not. You know, he's like Tom Cruise. Like, he's he's a, he's an incredible showman. He's not as mental as Tom Cruise, uh, but he's an amazing <laughs> he's an amazing showman. It's like, but neither of these actors are going. to, You know, they're not thespians. They're not going to. Um, you're not hanging on their every breath uh, and wondering how the hell they do, you know, these performances. That's just like they're good-looking, char- you know, charisma- charismatic guys. Yeah. Michael J. Fox has also been denied the chance to have, you know, a second half of his career by a disease that he couldn't do anything about. Mm-hmm. And so this is that's where, yeah, absolutely fair enough. Like here, have this, have this chance to be, you know, recognized. Yeah, he's uh, I. I got it a little bit wrong. He's winning the G- he's he's being awarded the Gene Hirschfeld uh, Hirschfeld uh, hum- humanitarian award uh, at the governor's at the which he's already received at the governor's awards um, last uh, November. And uh, the other honorary Oscars went to uh, Diane Warren and Peter Weir. What for this year? The honor the honorary Oscars. Yeah, they they they're the sort of honorees this year. Yeah, Diane Warren, Peter Weir, and Michael J. Fox. Interesting because two of those people. Um, that um you know we're talking about in 1985 um yeah so uh yeah but peter weir has got to keep um keep uh keep crying unfortunately because um it's uh it's going to be kurosawa's year he's got to keep keep waiting for that honorary award or maybe yeah. hope that we give him a different one in a different year if we do the year that master and commander came out we might give it to him for that we could yeah so um you know keep it up peter weir um, yes but it's got to be kurosawa okay best picture yeah, best picture went to Sidney Pollock for Out of Africa. He was the producer on that film as well. Uh, and the other nominees were? Uh, the other nominees were The Color Purple, Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, Quincy Jones, Kiss of the Spider Woman, David Weissman, Pritzi's Honor, John Foreman, and Witness, Edward S. Feldman. You see, if you're doing the best Hollywood picture of the year, uh, it's got to be Witness. Um, yeah. Me. Because, but then, as you say, genre pictures don't tend to get oscars but it's also a picture that you know transcends its oscar but let's yeah you, know, you fast forward six or seven years dances with wolves gets a hat full of oscars and as we've said a million times witness is just dances with wolves except the wolves i mean Not sorry the amish people the native americans are amish people um <laughs> it's exactly the same story uh, uh other than that and so if you can give it to dances with wolves which is a western why can't you give it to witness which is a thriller i don't understand yeah um so so there's that but then um yeah out of africa was the like big oscar baity movie it's really interesting to think that steven spielberg made a pretty big deal movie this year and it didn't get shit yeah it didn't get any nominations but also it was like a lot of people because all the films he did beforehand were you know adventure films you know like indiana jones and people were thinking you're doing a dramatic film really oh, so this was, this was really the first time he tried that yeah, that was uh, that was like his that was like his sort of okay. I've done a bunch of like not kids films, but you know adventure films that kids will enjoy. So now I'm gonna you know try kids my hand. of all ages. Yeah, so now I'm gonna try my hand at uh, directing. Yeah, so he you know in between so after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, he directed The Color Purple. Wow. And then he did and then, em- and then he did Empire of the Sun after that, and then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and then Always. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, so he's really, it's like he's really trying to like pivot into serious dramatic films. Yeah. And, but then he's, he, you know, when you look at those three next to each other, it's like, I know which one I'm picking up off the shelf to watch every time it's going to be <laughs> Last Crusade. Um, yeah, exactly. And also, like, you know, it, 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 the, the film is based off, The Color Purple is based off a book by Alice Walker, and she was very yeah. reluctant to sell the rights to her book because of you know hollywood's portrayal of black people and female characters and that i mean that's completely understandable and um yeah quincy jones who's the producer on the film he approached steven spielberg to direct it that's interesting that's interesting that they they went 
Yeah, when... like like she was very skeptical of she was skeptical of Spielberg, but then she was convinced otherwise. Apparently, after watching um, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. I love how you always say the full title of E.T. No one else in the world does that. Um, the um, uh, it's a it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because the the Hollywood of the I mean Hollywood, as we know, tends to reject films by and for black people and um often reward films that are used that are taking uh, a sort of romanticized view of black americans that has been um either written by white people or where material written by black people has been taken by white americans and kind of distorted and um the color purple sort of fits a little bit in that category although i gather that its reputation is much better than something like for example driving miss daisy or you know so yeah um, it's a little bit more i mean yeah it, it does it, it's sort of in between that a little bit try it's respectful but then it kind of falls on some tropes but it's a little bit more on the respectable side from it's it's been a really long time since i've seen it but it does it from what i remember yeah, it's quite, i mean you don't have to you don't have to stand up for it but i I'm, uh, I'm, its reputation is not as tarnished as something like driving miss daisy but it still doesn't mean that yeah it's not gonna be without some cringy moments um so yeah i mean but you know it has all the kind of spielbergy dramatic you know moving moments and the music you know and everything all, all the music beats and everything like that but it works and it and it works for the film and it's a very like sad film but then it's heartwarming as well and it all you know it, it's it it, 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 it all works in my opinion yeah well um, thank god they haven't done a like Steven Spielberg or someone else directed version of Beloved or something. I mean, that's the next, or the or their eyes were watching God or one of the other like facets of of Black American literature. It's just like I actually think Beloved was made into a film. I think it was actually. It was a TV movie with Oprah Winfrey and um, but you know, like not a big like Oscar Beatty movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a Jonathan Demme film. I think it was actually a theatrical released film. Oh right, okay. Sorry, I thought it was. I always assumed. Oh, um, yeah. Oh well, well, so much for that. But um, in any case, um, the best picture of the year is Ram. It's just like basically what should have happened in 1985 is the way everyone was doing backwards somersaults about, um, uh, you know, about out of Africa is they should have just been doing having the same response to Ram and just mm-hmm. been like, okay, there is there is an astonishing film that's come out this year. So if we just go back and just take the note of paper that says out of Africa, out of everyone's hands, and just replace it with a word that says ran, idiot, then um then say that, ran. <laughs> yeah. Then 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 you're fine. It's just you know, it's it's really baffling that a film with such majesty, and it's not it's not like some random, you know, it's it's not like um it's not some obscure director from a, from a from a country that, no. that doesn't have a presence on the cinema like map. It's like we're talking about the most famous director from one of the most famous filmmaking nations outside of the United States. It's yeah. not hard. It's not it's not an obscure movie. They already knew to recognize it because they gave it an Oscar for um, costume design. So like, what the hell? Why couldn't they just like continue to show the yeah. just judgment necessary to say, well, this is obviously a great movie and let's treat it that way and that's why this this whole thing with the oscars just falls down because it is just mm. for hollywood it is people getting together in los angeles to tap, yeah. slap each other on the back and if you're from outside of that at best you're going to get some crumbs and uh, and most of the time you're just going to be ignored unless you get a freak occurrence like parasite where people just decide okay this is the year that we're yeah. going to give a, a foreign film the credit it deserves but it's just um it just makes me furious that it's such a, it's nothing about, it's the most famous award ceremony in the world, but it's the one that's most weighted towards recognizing films of its own market. Like, yeah, you look at the BAFTAs even, they're, they're way more diverse in how they, in who they recognize. But really, like, if you're going to look at who, what, um, you know, what films are being, like, what the state of global cinema is, you'd be much better off actually just like a, checking who wins at the various film festivals yeah because the oscars is just about like it's either making up for past mistakes and so they do that by like you know giving martin scorsese the award for the wrong movie or it's about like trying to just or just giving dicaprio his oscar so he shuts up (laughs) right burnishing reputations exactly or it's or it's giving into political pressure or it's giving into financial pressure not that anyone's being bribed but it's a kind of bribe when you know, you've got someone like Harvey Weinstein throwing his weight around 
And you know that if you upset Throwing him- Throwing a lot of might, other things around. <laughs> right, yeah, and you know that if you upset him, you, there might be consequences for you. So, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's just so gross, the whole thing. And it's just, and it means that when, what happens is, is that certain films come down to us from the past, like Out of Africa, and everyone's like, oh, it won Best Picture in 1985. This must be great. And it's like, and you're walking around this, this is this imaginary video store that doesn't exist anymore, but like, you're walking around, you're like, oh, it says Best Picture in 1985. And then you walk right past Ran. It's like, oh, it's got, it's got foreign writing on it. I don't know about that. And yeah, I mean, it's like it's what it's like what Bong Joon Ho said at the Golden Globes in 2020. If you just if you get over that whole thing about reading subtitles when watching foreign films, you you open yourself up to a lot of amazing films. Yeah, which doesn't it shouldn't. It's so depressing that that even needed saying. Yeah, and also you had a bunch of people, including Trump, going like, "Why the fuck did this film film win Best Picture?" Yeah, it really outraged. There is there is an outraged like. Yeah um nationalist uh you know um xenophobic uh you know corner of the culture that just can't deal with that yeah absolutely yeah upset a lot of film bros uh that year um i have like a that's that's not even a thing Uh, kind of a thing but anyway um i don't don't know about it in uh i do have a little bit of a quote from james a critic called james uh berardinelli from his review of out of africa in 2009 i just want to read it out very quickly he said um watching out of africa a quarter of a century after its release it's almost impossible to guess how it won the oscar for best picture sydney pollock's direction is quietly competent and the acting by Mel streep and robert redford is top notch but the lazy story is little more than an ordinary melodrama that simmers without ever reaching a boil. To tell the truth, during the entirety of the movie's nearly three-hour running length, I was more interested in the scenery and Barry's music than I was in the characters. Right. And I, that is spot on. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. It is quite forgettable. Pretty much, yeah. Apart from... The music and the scenery, which yeah. are lovely. Um, but yeah. Um, but you know, Ran has a lot of beautiful music and scenery, but also has great acting and just everything. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's one of the best films of all time. It is yes. um if you haven't seen it, it's widely available. Um, it is a little long, but that's fine. Uh it's not as long as out of Africa. Um yeah. it is chock a block with uh brilliant performances. It's also a fantastic way for a brilliant director to finish his career. And I love the way that Shakespeare plays such a part of, you know, plays such a major role in in Kurosawa's cosmos, but the way that he translates Shakespeare to medieval Japan, both in mm. Rat and in Throne of Blood, is just it's it's just so elegantly done. I mean, there's 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 so much um just just utter like mastery in the way he um in the way he tells uh in the way he tells stories so i'm i'm just i'm again yeah. flabbergasted they didn't get it but i'm glad that we could hop in our time machine and go back and do some restorative justice because exactly uh, yeah. i i do i mean i do like the shakespearean um uh sort of influences on his work there's a little bit of it in high and low have you seen that oh yeah i've seen high and low yeah i mean the the thing the reason i mentioned those two films is because they're explicit shakespeare yeah. adaptations you know the um, throne of blood is based on macbeth and, and this is based on lear um but um king lear. <laughs> but it's um uh yeah, king lear the extraterrestrial um the the the, the you know but but that's just generally speaking like his storytelling is 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 yeah. just fan- fabulous you know um and there are so many different ways that he chooses to do it and yes he doesn't just make films set as you rightly point out with high and low they're not just set in um in the old days in the medieval japan they're set in the present day or they're set uh in the recent past and there's mm. so much to discover in his oeuvre. I mean, he's he's ludicrously yeah. um, prolific when it comes to making movies in general. But but the fact that there are so many top notch films among them is is yeah. That's yeah, he's like he's like Hitchcock. He had like a big handful of great movies. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's he's the only one who really comes close to Hitchcock in that way for me of having like that many big hitters. Maybe throw John Ford in there, but you know um hitchcock and and kurosawa i think really sort of stand alone yeah i think kurosawa was a big fan of satyajit ray films as well i think there's a picture of them in india oh god yeah i could i could imagine so um another under-recognized um filmmaker by the 
Oscars, but uh, surprise, surprise. But anyway, uh, yeah. uh, we'll go back in time next time and do some more history writing. Yeah. So uh, where shall we go next? Uh, I think we should go back to something older. We've been older. in the 70s, we've been in the 80s. Should we go back to the... Where Where were we? We, 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 we did the... We went, should, we, should we check out the 50s, maybe? Yeah, because we did 40... We did 41, didn't we? So, yeah, why don't we do something in the 50s? We did 56 before with the searches. Uh, yeah. What about um, what about the year that Ben Hur won all the Oscars? I think that was like... 50. That was 59. So that would have been the Oscar, the 1960 Oscars. Yeah, it was the 32nd Academy Awards, uh, April 4th, 1960. Yeah, it was the year when Ben Hur won pretty much pretty much all of the Oscars. Yeah, well, there's a there's a ton of um, there's a ton of other good movies that came out that year, so it might be uh, might be useful to talk about uh, 1959. Yeah, I might actually have to watch uh, Ben Hur just to uh, catch up on it. <laughs> Have you never seen Ben Hur? I've only seen bits of Ben Hur. I've never watched it all the way through. Oh my gosh, the Chariot Race alone is uh, is is astonishing. I'm not yeah, saying Ben Hur is a bad film, but the the Chariot Race is is great. There's a lot of other nonsense in there though, but worth it. Sit down, take an afternoon. Yeah, definitely. I do have it on DVD here, so I'll definitely uh, watch it. I've been meaning to. It's one of those movies I've been meaning to watch. So finally, I have like an excuse to uh, <laughs> give it a watch now. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of ton of really interesting films in. Uh, in 1959, uh, including uh, Francois Truffaut's The 400 Blows. So, um, yeah. Lots so going on. the films on. of uh, 1959. Yep. Um, so, that's a good one. I like I like that. Um, so that's see, an interesting year. It was like North by Northwest, The 400 I mean, We're Blows. not talking about it on this episode, idiot. You've got to leave people <laughs> that, that's something to look forward to. Right. Sorry. Um, right. So yeah, uh, yeah, check. do uh, stay tuned for, for that episode. Um, thank you very much for listening to us uh, talking about uh, who should have won in the uh, in 1986 at the Oscars. Um, definitely should have been Ran. And if you haven't seen Ran, do check it out. Adam said it, it like Adam said, it's been uh, it, it is uh, readily available on DVD, Blu-ray, and I'm sure you can find it online and rent it and things yeah. like that. Yeah, watch it on the biggest screen you can find. Yeah, and if you, I mean. If you're in London or England, it, it, I mean, I mean, by the, I guess by the time when this episode comes out, it will probably be over. But yeah, I'm sure people in England are probably going to check out all his films at the BFI because there, there's like a retrospective going on there. Oh God, yeah, oh, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, yeah well, they they do frequently screen his films at the British Film Institute and other places. The Film Forum in New York and other places do yeah. do do frequent uh, uh, screenings of Ran and other Kurosawa movies. So yeah. Maybe they'll do it here at the Danish Film Institute or the Cinematheque here in uh, in Denmark. But yeah, there's always there's always hope, isn't there? Yes, um, of course. But yeah, right. so we're on Letterboxd. Uh, do follow us there. Um, we are we are also on Twitter. Uh, it's still up, <laughs> like the bridge. It's in... still up. <laughs> and um, despite uh, all the craziness that's going on at Twitter HQ, uh, yeah. Do uh, follow the podcast at, at Homes Movies Pod. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Acast, and um, I'll put in the link tree link, and you can see where we're available, and you can have your pick of where you want to listen to us. So yeah, yeah do do check out all our other uh, alternative Oscars episodes. Um, yeah, I've been Anders Holmes, and this well, has and been I've Adam. been uh, and I've been uh, I've been I've been enjoying this romp through oscars history yeah uh more soon as we go back to the 1950s yes yeah hope you enjoyed that episode too thank you very right. much for listening bye-bye bye-bye